This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, toddling into episode number two. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. The tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. This is Kristen Burgess from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I'm here bringing you episode two of the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. Announcements for today. The first announcement is we made it to another episode. (laughs) I got to admit I'm proud of myself for that. Okay, but on to other more important announcements. First off, the Natural Birth and Baby Care blog has been renamed to match up with this podcast. So it used to be the Tiger Lily blog, which is a name that I've had since I started the website in 2005, and I decided to rename it to the Birth, Baby, and Life blog. I'm also considering up, uh, updating the newsletter name, it's currently the Tiger Lily newsletter, to the Birth, Baby, and Life newsletter. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, then you can go ahead and jump into that by going to justaskkristen.com. That's justaskkristen.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N. And another announcement that I wanted to make is the Belly Dance DVD, which I recommend highly throughout my website, now has a U.S. distributor. And that's great news for us because not only is... The DVD available for shipping in the United States, it's also been fixed so that the DVD plays correctly and all the menus function correctly in the United States. Uh, so if you want to get more information on that, it's Dance of the Womb, Belly Dance DVD, and you can get more information at birthbabylife.com slash bellydance. Birthbabylife.com slash bellydance. That's all the announcements that we had today. Now, we do have a couple of birth and baby headlines that I wanted to talk to you about. The first one is a new campaign called Go the Full 40. What this campaign is about is going the full 40 weeks for your baby. And when I say the full 40 weeks, yes, that means the full 40 weeks of pregnancy. Now, this campaign is being championed by the Association of Women's Health, obstetric and neonatal nurses and this is really a great campaign because induction has it's gotten pretty casual in our day and age mom's going to be induced and believe me i'm on my sixth pregnancy now so i haven't quite hit that point but five times before i've definitely hit that i cannot believe i'm still pregnant i don't think i can be pregnant for another day feeling So I understand that feeling. But what this campaign aims to teach is why it's so important that we go the full 40 for our babies. So here are some of my favorite reasons that they highlighted for going the full 40. Savor the journey. You want to enjoy pregnancy. Most moms, hey, most moms are not even going to be able to have as many pregnancies as I've had. Most of you will probably have two or three or maybe four children. And so enjoy it, even those last few days. My favorite thing to tell moms is just really take it easy. Read a book, watch movies, play with your kids, wander around and window shop, take warm showers, 
relaxing baths, just really pamper yourself and enjoy those last few days while you wait for your baby. Of course, the really important reason, there are far fewer complications for yourself and your baby with a natural birth, and induction is far more likely to lead to major interventions in your vaginal birth or even lead to a cesarean birth. There's an increased risk of cesarean if you induce, and natural birth is far easier to recover from. Ask any of your friends who have had a vaginal birth and a cesarean, and they will tell you that it's far, far easier to recover from the vaginal birth than it was the cesarean. Remember, a cesarean is major surgery, so it is easier to recover from a natural birth. And if you don't induce and do go into labor naturally, you're much more likely to have a vaginal birth than if you desire a natural birth. 40 weeks gives you 40 weeks of good nutrition to build a healthy, chubby baby, and everybody wants a sweet, chunky newborn. It also gives your baby time to build his or her muscles. This is really important. All that kicking that your baby's doing on the inside of you, that builds muscle tone for your baby, and your baby's also practicing sucking. And those strong reflexes really help your baby with A, survival, and also with that all-important sucking reflex and getting started with nursing for the two of you. Going the full 40 greatly reduces your baby's risk of developing jaundice. A lot of babies end up developing jaundice, and we hear a lot about billy lights and billy blankets and those sorts of things nowadays. So it's important to do everything you can, and just going the full 40 weeks or even a few days over if that's what your baby needs greatly reduces the risk that he or she will develop jaundice. And another reason that they had listed in their article, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, is relax. It's easy to care for your baby when he or she is in the womb. Now, of course, once your baby's born, you have a sweet baby to cuddle. But as we're going to talk about in a little while on this podcast, those sweet, cuddly babies turn into screaming machines sometimes. And think about it. When your baby's safely in the womb, you can easily soothe your baby and keep him or her happy. So savor these last few days of no worrying about crying or baby soothing techniques. So again, this is the Go the Full 40 campaign, and I just highlighted a few excellent reasons to go the full 40 from the article, 40 Reasons to Go the Full 40, and I'll link to this article in the show notes. I wanted you to know that many organizations are actually campaigning for this. The March of Dimes campaigns tirelessly for prematurity awareness and helping reduce prematurity, and that includes prematurity caused by inducing when, oops, after the fact we realized maybe we induced a little bit early. It does happen. There's a term for it. It's called iatrogenic prematurity. So the March of Dimes campaigns against this, Childbirth Connections, Campaigns for You to Go the Full 40. There are several organizations, and there's a great blog called Birthing Beautiful Ideas, which has highlighted several different organizations campaigning for this, and I'm going to link to them in the show notes for you too. So I'll link to Birthing Beautiful Ideas article on all the organizations that say how important this is, and also the organization spearheading it, and there are 40 reasons to go the full 40. So that's making headlines this week. The other thing making headlines this week is the Britax car seat recall. 
So I'm a great fan of Britax car seats, but like most baby and infant and child products, they sometimes have a recall. So right now they have a recall. This is only for convertible seats. So if you have an infant seat or if you have a booster seat, this doesn't apply to you. It may apply to you if you have a convertible seat, which means it can rear face and then it can turn around and forward face. So Britax Child Safety is making a voluntary recall for their Britax Boulevard 70G3, their Pavilion 70G3, the Advocate 70G3, and the Boulevard 65G3, the Pavilion 65G3, and the Advocate 65G3. Okay, the first set is in the United States. The second set is in Canada. And these are all seats that were manufactured between June the 1st, 2012, and August 31st, 2012. So it's a fairly narrow manufacturing range. What's going on is the pads that come with these seats could possibly have uh, that little ones can bite or chew or nibble on them and pieces of these pads are coming off and pose a choking hazard. So I'm going to put in the show notes for you to go where you need to go to be able to to get this taken care of but I'll also say it here go to Britax that's B-R-I-T-A-X BritaxConvertibleRecall.com BritaxConvertibleRecall.com and I'll also put that in the show notes so if you go there you can register your seat and get a free replacement for the seat or a free replacement for the part that's causing problems next I want to talk about our birth and baby tips. And this week, I have a birth and a baby tip. And I'm really excited about both of them. So the birth tip that I have is called the natural cesarean. All right. We all know that C-section rates are way too high right now. There's a lot of controversy surrounding surgical births. I'm not going to get into that today. Because we all agree that there are times when a C-section is necessary for mom and baby. Now, this isn't even necessarily talking about emergency cesareans, which tend to be the ones that are skyrocketing the numbers of cesareans. But this is if there's a problem with a baby who won't turn or mom who knows that she has some health condition that requires a cesarean, where a cesarean is going to be scheduled. This is where this natural c-section concept comes from. There is a beautiful video titled The Natural Cesarean, and it's from the Gentle Childbirth Foundation in the UK. I'm going to tell you how to watch the video in a minute. First, let me tell you about it. Okay, maybe natural cesarean is, as my husband says, an oxymoron. But this video is really beautiful. It's about creating an experience for the mother, the child, and the family that's as close as possible to an ideal natural birth, even though a C-section needed to be scheduled for this baby's birth. And this video is pretty amazing to watch. 
The anesthesiologist in the video explains how monitoring equipment can be placed on the mom on her back safely so it's doing everything it needs to, but the mom's chest and her dominant arm are completely free for the baby. So he talks about placing the IV, putting the monitors, where to put a blood pressure cuff on the mother, all of this to help facilitate an instant mother-baby bond. Then the doctor who is performing the surgery explains and shows how the baby is brought out slowly. So what he does is the baby's head is born. So you see the baby's head come up. And this is a graphic video. So it, it does show the actual cesarean during the video. But you see the baby's head born. And then they lower the curtain so that the mother sees the baby's head there, and she actually gets to watch as her baby is born via cesarean birth. So the baby's head is born, the curtain is lowered so that mom and dad watch the baby's body be born. The baby is slowly pulled up out of the incision, and this helps to mimic somewhat what would happen naturally if the baby went through the birth canal. It helps squeeze excess fluid from the baby's lungs, which if you've studied some of the problems with cesareans, you'll know that this is one of them. So this fluid is squeezed from the baby's lungs as the baby is brought out slowly, and the mom and dad are able to watch the baby being born, and they even have the opportunity to discover the baby's sex for themselves if they didn't know, or to just see it for themselves even if they did know. They don't have to wait for a doctor or a nurse to tell them, it's a boy or it's a girl. They get to see for themselves, and they get to see their own beautiful baby brought out. Watching how gently and respectfully the doctor performed this and how considerate the entire staff was about making this an experience for the mother and father and the baby. It was just beautiful. It really it brought tears to my eyes as if I were watching a home birth video or any natural birth video. It was just awesome the amount of respect that they had. Now, get this. Cord clamping was delayed. I mean, that's awesome. They delayed clamping this baby's cord, even though it was a cesarean birth. And they even acknowledged in the video just how important that was because there's blood that still needs to flow from the placenta through the umbilical cord and into the baby after he or she is born. It was a boy baby in this video. So his cord clamping was delayed, so he was able to get all the blood that he needed to get. Then the baby was immediately placed on the mama's chest, and her chest was bare, and remember all those medical sensors and things had been placed respectfully elsewhere so that her chest was bare and ready for her baby. The midwife shared that many babies will nurse right there in their operating room when they do this. Right there, right after a cesarean surgery, mom and baby are still skin to skin immediately, and the baby even has the opportunity to begin nursing while everything's going on to finish up the surgery for the mother. All checks of the baby and the eventual cord clamping and cutting were done right on the mother's chest. The midwife was right there. She was monitoring the baby. She was assessing the baby's health. The anesthesiologist was right there monitoring mom and assessing her health. But all those checks were done right there on the mother's chest. And dad was able to clamp the baby's cord right there on the mother's chest. 
The baby was taken from mom only when they transferred her from the operating table into the soft recovery bed that she was going to be wheeled to the recovery room on. So at that point, they gave the baby right to daddy. The midwife guided daddy over to to where the scale was so that the baby could be weighed and measured and all of that stuff. But in the, the obstetrical team was helping the mother transfer at that point from the operating table to her soft bed. And, and Daddy held the baby this entire time, except when he was on the scale. It was just wonderful. And then before they even wheeled her to the recovery room, as soon as she was settled in the bed, the baby was put back on her chest skin to skin. It, it was so lovely. It, it was amazing to watch this concept that even in such an unnatural circumstance where the baby had to be delivered via cesarean birth, they were still able to be so incredibly respectful. And the midwife talks about how important she feels that this is for the moms and the babies to get off to a good start and how important it is for establishing the breastfeeding relationship. And it was just, it was pretty amazing. So you need to watch the video for yourself. You can see it by going to www.birthbabylife.com slash c-section. So www.birthbabylife.com slash c, as in the letter c, and then section, s-e-c-t-i-o-n. Okay, you can watch the video for yourself. If you know you're going to need a c-section for some reason, or you work with a hospital team, then show it to your doctor or to your obstetrics team because this video could really make a difference in hospital policy for families that need to choose a cesarean. This is much more of a baby-centered and family-centered cesarean. There's also more information on the Gentle Childbirth Foundation website, which you'll get to via that link. Again, it's www.birthbabylife.com slash c-section. We all know that we need to work to lower c-section rates in general, but for the mom and baby who know that this is a choice that they have to make, this natural cesarean movement that the Gentle Childbirth Foundation is talking about could really be vital. And so if you know this is going to be the case for you, share this video with your doctor. Or if you're a nurse, an OB nurse, or if you're an OB yourself, share this information with the rest of your team and with your hospital. Because as the many professionals on the video explain, this is really something that could be implemented all over the world. All right, now we're going to move on to our baby tip. And our baby tip today is an off switch for your baby's cry. We're hardwired to find crying babies extremely distressing. They're very nerve-wracking for new parents, and sometimes it can feel really hard to soothe a fussy baby. My last baby, Honor, baby number five, was an incredibly fussy baby. So I feel like I became even more of an expert on cranky babies than I already was because I thought my second baby was the crankiest baby one could have. But Honor had him beat by a landslide. So let me tell you a little bit about crying and colic. First, we're going to discuss it from kind of a medical definition standpoint. And then we're going to discuss it from a how can you turn that crying switch off on your baby practical standpoint. So crying or colic, as it's often called. Here's the typical figures. 
Half of all babies fuss for 90 plus minutes every day. And I know that when we use attachment parenting and all of that, we're supposed to have babies who are calm and peaceful and don't cry. Well, Honor was definitely an attachment parented baby, and she was definitely pretty fussy too. So she probably fit into this half of all babies fuss for 90 plus minutes every day. 15% of babies will fuss for more than three hours, and we consider this normal. Now, we can debate in another show how normal all of that might be, but some babies are fussy. That's the bottom line. It's just temperament or it's just the baby. Some babies are going to fuss more. Now, colic, the term colic, technically means tummy pain, stomach pain. It's usually a term used to describe really fussy babies. Now the question is, is there really such a thing as colic? Only a small number of babies actually have a medical problem. Now medical problems that could cause fussiness are things like ear infection, food allergies, constipation, a hernia, things like that. And if you think about it, Babies tend to calm down for measures totally unrelated to pain relief. So if you have a horrible toothache, sitting on top of the dryer is probably not going to make you happy. If you have a horrible bellyache, then swinging on a swing is probably going to make your belly ache worse. Yet a grumpy baby will calm down if you put them in a car seat and hold that car seat while it's on top of the dryer or if you swing them around gently in your arms, they'll often calm down. So that, that leads us to believe that it might not be actual physical problems that are causing this colicky feeling or this fussy reflex in your babies. Some babies have reflux, and reflux is getting to be an incredibly popular diagnosis nowadays with even the tiniest babies being prescribed medications for it. But if your baby is growing very well and your baby is not vomiting a lot, then it's probably not reflux. If your baby is growing well and your baby isn't spitting up projectile vomiting more than five times a day or so, it's probably not reflux. And these guidelines come from Dr. Harvey Karp, and we're going to talk about him even more in a minute. So another thing that people often blame on fussy babies is overstimulation. Is your baby overstimulated? Chances are your baby's not overstimulated. Babies don't calm down when they're put by themselves in a quiet room. And your baby just spent nine months in the womb listening to the rush of blood vessels and your breathing and your heart beating. And they were getting jiggled around constantly as you moved. So they're probably not overstimulated. All right, so how do you get to that magic off switch that helps make your baby feel better when your baby is showing all of these fussy, colicky symptoms, but you don't really think that it's a physical problem? Like I said, this information comes from Dr. Harvey Karp, and it's great information. Okay, and I love what he says. The bottom line is, babies need to be held. They've spent nine months in the womb, and when they come out, they're still pretty immature and underdeveloped. They need a lot of comfort and direct comfort. So your baby needs to be held, or a substitute if your arms and sanity are going to give out, and I'll talk more about that shortly. 
Your baby also needs to nurse or suck frequently. This is a very inborn need in your baby, and it's very normal. Dr. Karp calls this the fourth trimester because your baby comes out and he or she is very immature. Your baby needs time for his brain and comfort mechanisms to catch up with the development that his body's doing. So what he teaches Dr. Karp is the five S's, and they are like an off switch to calm a crying baby. And I can promise you that this is very, very true. It works almost like magic. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but most of the time it works very quickly and very effectively. So the five S's are the off switch for your baby's crying. The first S is swaddling. Many, many, many parents say that my baby doesn't like swaddling because my baby struggles against the swaddle. But if your baby is unswaddled and upset, your baby is probably pulled up and tense and your baby, you can see, it's almost like your baby is fighting. And that's one of the reasons why people think there's stomach pain too, because baby gets all clenched up and seems to be kind of moving and shifting and acting uncomfortable as if they, you know, as if they were in pain in their tummy. And your baby is fighting, whether swaddled or not. And at first, a baby may struggle against a swaddle. But once they're swaddled and you put the other four S's together with that first swaddle S, usually babies calm down right away. So you swaddle your newborn. And I'm going to give you some good resources for swaddling in just a minute. So you swaddle your baby, either with a regular blanket or with a swaddle blanket. The next S is side or stomach. And this is referring to your baby's position. So babies, though we often hold them on their backs, so that, you know, you hold your baby with his or her back against your forearms so that you can look down at your baby, Well, this actually starts a startle reflex for your baby. And your baby... Your baby doesn't like this. If you... Your baby, it feels like he or she is being dropped. That's what your baby feels like when you hold your baby with the back down. So babies feel much more secure when they're either on their side, either left or right side, or they're on their tummy. They like this position so much better. So you swaddle your baby, and then you pick your baby up, and you cradle your baby so that he or she is on their side or on their stomach. So you can actually lay your baby's face in the palm of your hand and their belly down, supported against your body, or you could lay your baby's head in the crook of your arm, and so you're cradling around your baby's uh, diaper area in your hand, whichever feels more comfortable for you. And sort of like you're holding your baby as a football, daddies tend to be very good at this. So you swaddle your baby, then you put your baby on his or her side or stomach. Then you move on to the third S, which is shushing. So babies, when they were in the womb, heard a lot of white noise. Again, they heard your blood vessels, they heard your lungs, they heard your heart beating. There was a lot of noise, and it was very loud noise. So when you shush your baby or use something else, it needs to be pretty loud, at least at first. So you get right up next to your baby's ear. And I'm going to demonstrate here. Shh. Shh. 
just over and over again like that. Or you can use white noise loud at first, such as a a hair dryer, and you'd want to keep this a little bit away from baby, or a vacuum cleaner. Or if you have a smartphone or a white noise machine, use a smartphone app that, that generates white noise or use your white noise machine. I had a white noise app on my iPhone that I used to nap during pregnancy, and there was a certain sound on that app that Honor absolutely loved for her shushing step. And it was like magic. It it made the entire iPhone more than worth it because it helped me get a calm baby. It really worked. So some sort of white noise. So you swaddle your baby, put him or her on the side or the stomach, and then you shush either manually with a manual shh sound or use a white noise machine or uh, your smartphone app or something like that. Then comes swinging, and this is this can be gently swinging your baby back and forth. Some babies respond to that. Other babies, you you want to nestle your baby in your securely in your arms over your knees, so you're on the edge of the bed or on the edge of the chair. Your baby is secure in your in your knees, and you can actually start to move your feet alternately on the balls of your feet, bouncing up and down, which kind of causes your baby's body to jiggle. You securely have your baby's body supported by your forearms and your legs, but your baby's jiggling. And the important part is your baby's head jiggles back and forth a little. Now, I'm not talking about whiplash here, but jiggling back and forth a little so there's actual movement to the head. Along with the shushing, it really works. Then... You can put baby in a swing if your arms are tired or you're tired of dancing about or you're tired of jiggling. Once your baby is calm, this is the trick to swings. And this is why swings don't seem to work for many babies because moms put a screaming baby in the swing. And if you're at the end of your rope, mom, you can put your baby in the swing, buckle him or her in, and walk away for a minute while you calm down. That's okay. That's not what I'm talking about. Because then your baby is safe and you have a minute to calm down. But if you're still working with your baby, if you're not at that point, which most of us don't get to that point for a long time, so you take your baby and your baby's just started crying and you want to turn that crying off, well, don't immediately put your baby in the swing. Go through these other steps, swaddling, side, stomach, and shushing. Then you do a little bit of manual swinging, the jiggling like I described, or dancing around with your baby, or rocking your baby back and forth in your forearms, that sort of thing. Then, once your baby has calmed down some, then put your baby in the swing. And set the swing to go at a pretty good speed. You want the baby to be going pretty fast. And as your baby's sleeping deeply, if it makes you feel more comfortable, you can slow it down some. But it's after these other soothing mechanisms have worked that you transfer the baby to the swing. So if you do feel super touched out, and if your arms are giving out, then stick with it just a few minutes longer to get your baby soothed and comfortable in your arms. And then you can let the swing hold your baby for a little while while you take a break to go to the bathroom or get something to eat. Okay, so after swinging, the last of the five S's is sucking. So you've gotten your baby soothed. Your baby was so cranky, you know baby's hungry. It's at this point when your baby is swaddled and soothed some that you can latch your baby on. And your baby will probably have a much better feeding than if you had tried to 
you know, continue to get a screaming baby latched on. Or if you use a pacifier, then at this point you can give your baby a pacifier. That's up to you. That's your option if you use a pacifier or not. My babies haven't really taken pacifiers, so I've mostly nursed my baby at this point if he or she was still upset. Usually the first four S's worked well for us, and if I was really frazzled at that point, I could let Honor sleep in the swing while I went to the bathroom, got something to eat, took a minute just to feel like I wasn't on overload from a crying baby because she cried a lot. So again, your five S's, swaddling, side or stomach, shushing, swinging, and sucking. And once you get good at it, it doesn't take long, ladies. It is like an off switch for your baby. There may occasionally be a time where you'll still have a fussy baby, but even if you have an incredibly cranky baby like my sweet honor was, and I love her to death, she helped me grow so much as a parent, and she, she's just such a delight today. I fall more in love with her every day, and I even did then when she was a fussy little newborn, but I felt like I went through the five S's five dozen times every day with her. Really, sometimes I just wanted to tell her, come on, you're in a nice warm house, you have nice warm milk, you have a nice warm mom, what's the problem? But she just, you know, she took a little bit of extra time to settle in, and she still tends to be a little bit more temperamental than the other kids. So I, I do think that it's just personality a lot of ways. And the five S's worked so well for us. Now you can get Dr. Karp's book, and I'll link to that in the show notes. It's called The Happiest Baby on the Block. And he details this ex- extensively. But I really recommend that if you're interested in trying the four S's, you get his DVD. You can find it at many libraries, or I'll link to it in the show notes. Or you can go to www.birthbabylife.com slash offswitch, www.birthbabylife.com slash offswitch. And that will direct you straight to the DVD. And it's really, it's very worth it. If you're still pregnant now, I'll go ahead and get it and have it on hand for right after your baby's born because while you're sitting there nursing your finally calm baby, you might want to have a refresher. I, I must have watched it five or six times after Honor was born. It really makes it a lot easier because you're able to to watch how he sues the baby and also he's got real babies and real parents there and he's really helping them learn to soothe their babies. So they say a picture is worth a thousand words and this video is definitely worth a million words. So again, www.birthbabylife slash off switch to get that DVD. Now, when I told you I'd talk a little bit more about swaddling, and you can watch how he swaddles with just a normal blanket in the video, but I also highly recommend a product called the Miracle Blanket, and that makes swaddling a lot easier, and it really works even for babies who like to wiggle themselves out of a swaddle, especially for newborns. Once your baby gets a little older and you're starting to wean them off of the swaddle, then it's it's more challenging because the baby's just physically stronger. But for a newborn, we really like the Miracle Blanket. So you can learn to swaddle just using a conventional swaddle like you'll learn about in the DVD or and or both good options. You can use a product like the Miracle Blanket and you can find out more about that. I'll link to that in the show notes or you can go to www.birthbabylife.com slash Miracle Blanket 
www.birthbabylife.com slash miracle blanket. And okay, ladies, those were my tips for you today. So if you know you're going to need a cesarean, definitely look into this natural cesarean push and ask your doctor if that can be implemented for you and your baby, because that makes it such a beautiful experience for you. And if your baby is a little bit cranky or a lot bit cranky, remember you have a very effective off switch that you can use to soothe your baby, to help comfort yourself, and just to keep both of you happier and healthier. And this has been the second episode of the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, I'd love to get your feedback on iTunes or in your podcast directory. Just take a minute to go and let me know what you think. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com visit www.birthbabylife.com